you know, with anything that has to do with finances, there's a cost, right? So if you're going to go back to school, even if you're continuing to work or stepping out of work to go full-time to school, if you have that ability, there's going to be a cost involved there. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson. And on this episode, we're going to tackle another question and uh, hopefully you'll benefit from it. But David, why don't you go ahead and pose the question? Let's dive right in. Yeah, well, the question is this. Should I go back to college and get my master's degree or some other special certification so that I can improve my financial opportunities. <laughs> mm, I love it. That's good. Yeah. So that's, you know, this is an interesting question because so many people, especially in economic downturns, mm -hmm. when jobs are in jeopardy, maybe people are either losing your job and now they're like, what do I do? Jobs aren't as plentiful. Uh, I want to stay in my career, but it seems like there's no opportunities. And many people think about maybe going back to school during that time because it's a way to improve themselves so that when the economy begins to come back, mm -hmm. it you know it positions them to be able to jump into a job that hopefully will be as good or better than what they were making. I think it's always valuable to improve yourself, and sometimes education is the right way to go. But the way we would want you to approach this is to consider the financial and the commitment you're about to make. Mm -hmm. Is it necessary? You know, all of that. So the first thing I would say is count the cost. You know, with anything that has to do with finances, there's a cost, right? So if you're going to go back to school, even if you're continuing to work or stepping out of work to go full-time to school, if you have that ability, there's going to be a cost involved there, either a loss of income or a reduction in income or an increase in debt. Potentially, if you don't have the money, you might have to take out a loan to do this. And you have to count the cost. If I'm going to invest X amount to get my master's because that's going to help me to make a little bit more money, how much time will it take for you to recover the money you've invested? In other words, let's say you want to go after a master's degree and it's going to cost you $12,000 to get that degree. Mm -hmm. And let's say you're an educator. Well, if you have a master's degree, most educators will get an additional $1,000 added to their income. Yeah. If you have a master's, you get an extra thousand per year. So how many years will it take you to get that $12,000? <laughs> yep. 12 years. Now, does that mean you shouldn't do it? That's not a good investment. Not necessarily. But again, counting the cost is really important. Uh, taking on the debt, will that fit your ability to pay it off? And how long will it take, right? So counting the costs, I think, is important. The second thing I would say is consider if there's other ways to gain the knowledge or experience you're looking for. You know, can you do an internship program instead of getting a college degree? Because a college degree is great to have. Maybe a certification is important, but it isn't always necessary. So is there a way that you can prove your competency by engaging in another way of learning. Maybe you can take an online course. Maybe you can just take the test for that certification without actually going through a two-year process of learning. Uh, maybe you just do a self-study course or something where you get the book, you read it, and you take the test. There are many tests such as like financial planner for financial planners, mm -hmm. real estate, different things that sometimes if you just take the test, some people pass it. I've known people who have didn't go to school, didn't study it, um, in, in a formal setting, they just went and took the test. Now, they didn't just decide one day, I'm going to take the test. No, they took some time to learn the subject, but they felt like they could do it on their own, then took the test, got certified, and was able to get into that profession much quicker than taking the traditional path. So I would say it's, it, you know, it's always a good idea to improve 
and to grow in your experience, your knowledge, your certification, your education. But find ways to do it that's either less expensive or free. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, you know, you still have to commit the time to it. You still have to do the work, but you're not adding that financial component. So I think those those three things: count the cost, consider if there's other ways to do it, um, and the third is can you do it without paying for it? I mean, in other words, can you do yeah. it? Can you find the resources for free, either online or through some kind of uh, program that you can you can do that's available and there's no cost to it? This is a great question, Leo, and I'm I'm right in the middle of getting my master's degree. Mm. I say right in the middle. I am 25% of the way through. <laughs> <laughs> so I just finished my fourth course. I'm in the middle of my fifth course out of 16 courses that I need to right. get my master's. And um, every class for me, uh, I, my employer pays for about half. Now, they pay for half of the tuition, but they don't pay for half of the, you know, online fees, book fees, uh, distance education, learning fees, student fees, random fees that don't even know who knows. Where did this even come from? Where did this even come from? Who knows? Like, like I remember when I went to SMU uh, for business school, there was, I think it was like an $1,800 fee because SMU had a really nice gym on site. And they just called it the student miscellaneous fee. But it was because they just built this multi-million dollar, you know, multi-multi-million dollar gym. And, and I'm like, I'm paying $150 a month for a gym that I don't use while I'm at business school trying to go learn about business. I'm <laughs> spending $150 bucks as, a, as, a, as a student with yeah. almost no income. I mean, right. I was working, but but not a high income. Okay, anyway. So anyway, that's, that's complaining, not needed. Okay, so here I am <laughs> thinking through this process. Um... I'm in the middle of this thing and I'm paying about a thousand dollars a course. Uh, that's with half of it being covered by my employer and, uh, 16 courses. That's going to be about $16,000. And I, you've got to think about this. Um, overall, the statistics show that somebody with a good master's degree, one that will actually help them continue in their career and get employed, go deeper in their career, you can increase your income 30%. 40%. Like, let's say you're earning $60,000 a year, you could be up to 80, 90 in just a couple of years after getting your master's. That's significant. If you learn the right tools that, you know, IT, uh, finance, uh, there are some really great things that you can do in science. If you learn poetry and get a master's in poetry, maybe, but you have to have a whole bunch of other skills to utilize relationships, network. So be aware. On average, you can increase your income, but it's not guaranteed. It is definitely not guaranteed. So be aware of that. For me, I'm going and getting my master's because I really am passionate about the subject that I'm studying. And for me, it's an investment in my own personal, um, I'm trying to think through, uh, self-actualization is the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm, it's, it's my own self-growth, my own knowledge, my own wisdom. I'm getting a master's in practical theology. Mm -hmm. So how do you practically walk out the study of God, the study of the Bible, the study of the word theology? So faith, I, faith this is really important to me personally. And I think it's worth $16,000 for me, $16, for me to learn that. Uh, it also influences my career as an executive pastor at a church. And so that's really valuable for me. Um, but even then, it's not I'm not going to get a raise because of it right. at the end of the day. Right. I know that. Um, so, so part of the thing you have to factor in is 
one of the values is the relationships that you'll gain along the way. If you're in a, an MBA program getting your master's in business, you're going to be hanging out with other people who love business. Mm-hmm. That could be very valuable for you. I've been watching Shark Tank in the <laughs> evenings just for fun recently. And I've actually been watching the Australian version of Shark Tank. And more than half the time, the people come on the show not because they really need money to fund their business. It's because they want to impress one of the five sharks. And these five sharks are high-level business entrepreneurs. They want to impress one of those five people so they can be in relationship with one of those five people Mm -hmm. so that they can gain access to all of those relationships that that person has. And so part of the sell is like, hey, you've got this great... Uh, background in marketing, wh- whichever shark, I want to work with you because I have this great product and I think your marketing contacts will explode my product all over the world. Right. You can get me into the US. You can get me into China. You can get me into Australia. Like, So in business school, you may build some relationships with people who maybe today they're, they're not as successful yet, but five years from now, if they get their MBA and five years from now you have your MBA they're going to grow in their business world and contacts. You're going to grow in your business world and contacts. If you hold those contacts close, you could have a big network. That could be worth the cost of the education right there. Mm -hmm. So be aware of some of those tools and resources that people don't usually think about. Um, Also, I know somebody that is pursuing their master's degree, and I know for a fact that it's affecting their abilities to be a good employee in their current job. Mm -hmm. And it's going to damage their current career path. So their new master's degree better help them change career paths because they're damaging their reputation by working harder on their master's than they are on their actual job. So be aware, this could damage your reputation. You may think, oh, I'm getting a master's. Therefore, everybody's going to look at me like I'm really important. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody's looking at David Thompson differently and said, hey, David, great job. You're doing your master's. No, like everybody's friendly about it, but nobody's thinking now I'm smarter or better looking or like they want to know, my boss wants to know if I'm able to do my job. Yeah. And, and you better I'm, be able to do your job with this additional yes. workload you're taking on. Yes. In fact, that's something you have to be careful of. My oldest brother ended up getting a certification while he was working for an employer, but mm-hmm. it was closely connected to his current job. In fact, by getting that certification, which took him several years because it was a two-year program, it provided him a position in the company that was better paid, easier work. He was a programmer rather than, you know, a grunt working on the floor. And so they actually reimbursed him. If he got a B or better in every class, he he received a reimbursement for all of his. So he actually got a free education. Of course, he had to pay it up front, do well, and then it got reimbursed. So I love the way they did that. But ultimately put him in a position where he was one of the last employees that got let go when the company finally went belly up because he had more value. So for him, that was very, that was reasonable and a good, good strategy to go and get that education. Now, today he doesn't use it, right. but he's no worse off for it. He's better off because he was he benefited because he became more educated. He learned about something he didn't know anything about until he started learning it. And he gave him for a while better pay, better condition at work, all of that. So you have to consider all those things. But if your employer says, well, gosh, you're in this program and that program actually it's preparing you for something we don't even need. Mm-hmm you might actually become one of the people that's like, I don't think he's going to be around for long. You might be on the short list. So again, some of those things you have to take into consideration. Why are you doing it? Are you trying to move on to something else? Take that into consideration. 
but make sure that if you are continuing to work, that you have the ability to work at that job and do a good job while you're going to school. Yeah. So, you know, that has to factor in because it is, you know this, I mean, you're in the middle of it. It takes time. Oh, a lot of time. All of your free time that you have right now may be gone. Is it worth that investment yeah. at every level? And that's why you have to think about it. Yeah. I was writing a book that I was really excited about when I started my master's. And I had to put the book on hold, mm. not completely on hold, but I had to slow it down dramatically because I'm writing papers mm -hmm. every week and reading over a hundred pages a week of different books, deep, yeah. deep, theologically difficult, hard to understand books, <laughs> you know, from yeah. theologians in the 17th century and in the third century. And like, like you got to pay attention. Yeah. So, you know, just be aware. And, and a master's in business, same thing, a master's in law. Oh man, you're reading hundreds of pages a week and just <laughs> yeah. boring litigation. Now I'm saying boring. You may get totally jazzed about it, and if you get jazzed, go for it. That's amazing. But so but here's it's going to be thing. hard to learn. There are new concepts and new, yes. new ideas. So you're going to pause other things. Thing. Yes, the opportunity cost. Cool. Well, I hope this is helpful for you. I hope that it's helping you think a little bit differently. In America, we love education, but but realize higher education institutions, they are businesses too. Mm -hmm. And it's not always altruistic. Oh, we just want to help you learn. We They need to sell. They have to sell their degrees. and So be aware, just because you're being sold something doesn't mean it's necessarily valuable for you. I hope this episode's helpful. I hope it's helpful to think about things in a little bit different light. I hope that you'll go over to leosebo.com and check out the blog and the tools that are available there so you can get some free education. Check out other episodes of Getting Money Right. Go to Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your, your podcast and scroll through and just download three or four more episodes and then share one with a friend. We would be so grateful for you to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're on Apple, put a five star on there. You don't even have to write out a long comment, but just put a thanks or something in the comments. That really helps us know who's listening, how many people are listening. It engages the algorithms on there. Come check out stewardshippastors.com, the website that I've built, and, and get ready for the new website, Getting Money Right, and get ready for the Getting Money Right course. Those things are coming. We hope that you'll join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. right. If you learn poetry and get a master's in poetry, maybe, but you have to have a whole bunch of other skills to utilize relationships, network. So be aware, on average, you can increase your income, but it's not guaranteed.